Hello and welcome to 2023 August Fellows Choice Podcast, where we will outline the highlights of August issue of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. I am Jorge Hegel from Hospital General del Este, Dr. Domingo Luciani, Caracas, Venezuela. And I'm Guido Ray Balsaki from Hospital Italiano, Buenos Aires, Argentina. This month, lead article by Ilaria Capasso et al. from Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota is Prognostic Factors in Patients with Endometrial Cancer with Isolated Lymphatic Recurrence. This study aimed to analyze clinical pathological features and outcomes in patients with endometrial cancer who experience isolated lymphatic recurrence after lymphadenectomy. The researchers conducted a retrospective review of surgical treated patients with endometrial cancer and identified 66 that represents 1.6% women with isolated lymphatic recurrence. The primary isolated lymphatic recurrence was defined as the first and unique evidence of recurrence in lymph node varying areas without concomitant vaginal hematogenous or peritoneal recurrence. The overall median cause specific survival for these patients was 24 months. The study found that low-grade histology and the absence of lymphovascular space invasion in the primary tumor were predictors of improved prognosis. Patients who underwent surgery for the recurrence had improved cause-specific survival compared to those who did not undergo surgery, even after adjusting for age. Note et al. from the Erasmus MC Cancer Center, Rotterdam, Netherlands, present the estro esgo siope guidelines for the management of patients with vaginal cancer. The European Society of Gynecological Oncology collaborated with the European Society for Radiotherapy and Oncology and the European Society of Pediatric Oncology to develop evidence-based guidelines to improve the management of patients with vaginal cancer in a multidisciplinary setting. Primary vaginal malignancies are rare, constituting only 2% of female genital tract malignancies in adults and 4.5% in children. The expert panel consisting of clinicians with expertise in vaginal cancer management and research critically appraised the current literature and used professional experience and consensus when evidence was lacking. The guidelines encompass diagnostic pathways, surgical, radiotherapeutical, and systemic management and follow-up for adult patients, including rare histological subtypes, and pediatric patients with vaginal tumors, including, including rhabdomyosarcoma and germ cell tumors. Morgan et al. from the Christie National Health Service Foundation Trust, Manchester, United Kingdom, present the study homologous recombination deficiency in newly diagnosed figure stage three and four high-grade epithelial ovarian cancer, a multinational observational study. This study aimed to evaluate the effectiveness of olaparib plus bevacizumab maintenance therapy in women with newly diagnosed advanced high-grade ovarian cancer with a deficiency in homologous recombination. The researchers analyzed data from the first years of routine homologous recombination deficiency testing in the National Health Service in England, Wales, and Northern Ireland, conducted between April 2021 
in April 2022. They used the Myriadmy Choice Companion diagnostic to test tumor tissue from 2,829 patients. The result showed that 60% of tumors had a BRCA1 and 2 mutation, and 37% had a genomic instability score over 42, indicating homologous recombination deficiency. Tumors with a high genomic instability score were more likely to be BRCA1 and 2 wild type. The study highlights the importance of proper tumor selection to minimize SA failure and demonstrated the successful implementation of testing across the National Health Service using centralized funding and the Genomic Laboratory Hub Network. Janid Edal from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, Houston, Texas, United States, present the commentary. Psilocybin-assisted psychotherapy for cancer-related anxiety and depression. Women with gynecologic cancers, especially in late stages, often face physical and psychological challenges, leading to existential uncertainty and fear of death. Conventional therapies may not be feasible due to time constraints and fatigue. Psilocybin, a psychedelic substance, has shown promise in treating anxiety, depression, and end-of-life end distress in other cancer patients. Research has demonstrated lasting benefits after just one or two psilocybin-assisted psychotherapy sessions, unlike traditional antidepressants that require, require chronic use. Preliminary trials with cancer patients have shown improvements in anxiety and depression scores and potential long-lasting long -lasting effects. A new study at the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center will explore the safety and benefits of psilocybin in gynecologic cancer patients on maintenance therapy who are experiencing mental health challenges. Dinoy et al. from the Fondazione Policlinico Universitario Agemelli Institute of Hospitalization and Scientific Care, Rome, Italy, presents the study Impact of Comorbidities and Extent of Lymphadenectomy on Quality of Life in Endometrial Cancer Patients Treated with Minimal Invasive Surgery in the Era of Sentinel Lymph Nodes. The aim of this study was to identify predictors of quality of life in patients undergoing surgical staging with sentinel lymph node biopsy or lymphadenectomy for endometrial cancer. Patients who had minimal invasive surgery for primary endometrial cancer and the Mayo Clinic were survived using the quality of life survey and a lymphedema screening questionnaire. Multivariable analysis revealed that obesity, lower extremity lymphedema, and kidney disease significantly and negatively impacted global quality of life. Patients with a body mass index over 40 kilograms per square meter and lower extremity lymphedema had marked declines in quality of life scores compared with non-obese patients with, without lymphedema. However, there was a little difference in quality of life between the sentinel lymph node and lymphadenectomy groups. The study suggests that addressing lower extremity lymphedema and obesity may improve quality of life in these patients. Stana Nakad Borrego et al. from the University of Rome, La Sapienza, present the article 
context-dependent environmental associations with endometrial cancer histotype and genotype. The objective of this study was to investigate the association between aging, body mass index, and MLH1 methylation in sporadic endometrial cancer. MLH1 loss due to methylation is a common molecular change in endometrial cancer, and environmental factors, including nutrition and aging, can impact gene methylation. The researchers conducted a retrospective review of endometrial cancer patients, identifying 114 with mismatch repair deficient tumors associated with MLH1 methylation and 349 with mismatch repair proficient tumors. Mismatch repair deficient tumors were found to be associated with older age and higher incidence of, lymphovas uh, of lymphatic vascular space invasion. The relationship between MLH1 methylated tumors, age, and BMI varied depending on the tumor grade, suggesting a complex and potentially modifiable association between BMI and the molecular character characteristics of endometrial cancer. Jua et al. from the University of California Davis Health System in Sacramento, USA, present the study publication rates of podium presentations at the Society of Gynecologic Oncology annual meetings. The study aimed to determine the publication rates of podium presentation from the 2017 and 2018 Society of Gynecologic Oncology annual meetings and to identify predictors of oral presentation that resulted in publication. The researchers reviewed podium presentation from these meetings and evaluated abstracts for publication within a three-year period. The results showed that 57.3% and 56.6% of podium presentations from the 2017 and 2018 meetings were published in peer-reviewed journals within three years. There was no significant difference in the mean time publication between the two years. Funding status, clinical trial study design, and preclinical research were positively correlated with the likelihood of publication. The study emphasized the importance of timely publication in disseminating clinical information to the medical community. He et al. from San Yat-sen Memorial Hospital, Guangzhou, China, present the study interstitial lung disease in patients treated with PARC inhibitors, analysis of results from clinical trials and the FDA Adverse Events Reporting System database. The objective of this study was to assess the risk of interstitial lung disease associated with PARP inhibitors and characterize its clinical features. The researchers systematically reviewed phase three randomized clinical trials and pharmacovigilance studies to analyze the relationship between PARP inhibitors and interstitial lung disease. The analysis of five randomized clinical trials involving 2,980 patients showed that PARP inhibitors had a tendency to increase the risk of interstitial lung disease compared to controls, but the difference was not significant. However, the pharmacovigilance study indicated a significantly increased reporting 
of interstitial lung disease with PARC inhibitors, particularly Olaparib. A total of 170 cases of PARP, re, PARP inhibitors related interstitial lung disease were included in the pharmacovigilance study with a median latency of 99 days. Most patients discontinued PARP inhibitors. Over half achieved remission and no deaths were reported. Geiler et al. from Institut Curie, Paris, France, presents the society statement an easy, fast, and accurate way for implementing the standards of care for the management of patients with endometrial carcinoma into daily clinical practice. The European Society of Gynecological Oncology, European Society for Radiotherapy and Oncology, and European Society of Pathology collaborated to publish comprehensive guidelines on the diagnosis and treatment of endometrial cancer carcinoma in a multidisciplinary setting. To facilitate implementation, they developed a free download mobile application. The application includes two interactive decision tools, one for identifying recommended surgical steps based on preoperative risk group, that's a tool number one, and another for prognosis risk group allocation and adjuvant treatment decision making after primary surgery, integrating clinical pathological and molecular markers. That represents a tool number two. The application also contains algorithms and guidelines on relevant issues. The article demonstrated practical examples of using the decision tools, highlighting how the application provides fast and accurate responses to complex clinical questions. The application content will be updated based on new evidence and user feedback. Melissa Welham Insi et al. from Charité Universitat Medicine Berlin, Germany, present the clinical trial, the CORE Innovation Trial. This study aims to analyze the impact of a personalized prehabilitation strategy combined with an enhanced recovery after tertiary ERAS pathway on severe postoperative morbidity in patients with advanced ovarian cancer undergoing cytoreductive surgery. The trial involves a prospective, controlled, non-randomized, two-center clinical study with multiple control groups. Patients with ovarian, fallopian, or primary peritoneal cancer undergoing primary surgical treatment are included in the intervention group, receiving a standardized priority assessment a personalized multimodal prehabilitation program and perioperative care according to the ERAS pathway. The primary endpoint is a reduction in severe postoperative complications with 30 days after surgery. The estimated completion date for the study is September 2024, with trial registration under NCT 05256 five, seven, six. Hope you enjoyed the talk podcast prepared by us. We hope to see you soon at the September IJGZ August talk podcast.